Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello, everyone. This is episode number 126 of the Classic Gaming Podcast. Today's date is April 16th, 2019. I'm Robert Ring, and with me is Jacob Tataru. Wow, another Janian. Hello. Yeah. What's up with you? What's going on? I don't know. I don't know either. Let's hmm. talk about Diablo for a second. How dare you? Our game of the quarter is going to be Diablo. However, uh, we were not able to... We tried getting multiplayer working and could not. We got we could get close, but we couldn't get the final the final little push. So um we're not gonna do the uh potential multiplayer thing that we were hoping to do with the with uh listeners, but we are going to still do Diablo one for the game of the quarter. Yes, and so we'll be playing it uh more or less, you know, online separately and just kinda of talking our way through it, and you guys are more than welcome to join us. I think it'll be a good one. Yeah, so y'all play it too if you want to, and we will talk about that one in June. Yep. Anything else exciting with you right now, or uh, do we just jump right into news from here? No, I don't think there's anything crazy. How about you? What's new? Anything? I was trying to think about that also, and uh, nope, I got nothing. Uh, let's talk about video game news. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, you said you had something. Oh yeah, I was just gonna update. So our, our excuse me, our podcast update on Classic Wow. So Blizzard's continued their their train of just giving us blue post after blue post, and they're very dedicated to what they're doing. I don't know what's going on with their new community manager, but he the guy's all about it. He's they did like two blue posts last week. They did one minor one this week. Everybody was going crazy on Reddit today, just or on the subreddit, just waiting for them to drop something today. Um, unfortunately, they didn't say anything. But uh, oh, I, boo. I'll be honest with you, I'm expecting a release date here probably in the next two weeks, so I don't really care what happens. They've already, they made another post correcting some of the issues that people are having with the client and some of the, what's the word, some of the the core issues with it and Blizzard's, Blizzard's addressing it correctly. So I, I don't know what's going on, uh, but I'm not going to question it. I'm just going to say, great job, Blizzard. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm very excited to see the project. So. Yeah, this is, um, I mean, they're like consistently doing good. Yeah on this weird it is weird right normally is like one step forward two steps back type situation yeah or they don't say anything for a long time and they finally say something they shoot themselves in the foot by over promising something or telling everybody that they're going to do the exact opposite of what the community wants yeah i don't know what's going on but i love it and i'm not gonna 
I'm on, I'm on the hype train. I got my conductor hat on. <laughs> nice. I, 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 I really oh, wish you had a real conductor hat because just knowing that you're wearing it would be awesome. <laughs> How do you know I don't? <laughs> Good point. Uh, as you also brought up right before we started recording, today yes. was Reggie fils last day at Nintendo. Yeah, that's going to be crazy, man. I... If you're left a job after a couple of years and like you're kind of sad, you're like, man, I hated working here, but I am pretty sad to leave the people. You know, kind of the the what you're doing every single day, like the the pattern. But think about something where you love your job and you've been working there for what? How long has you been working there? Like five uh, or six years now? No, no, no. I think it's like I think it's about eleven. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm googling. Sorry. Oh yeah, you're right. Thirteen years. Jesus. Thirteen. Well. I don't know if it's been that long, but I guess that makes sense. I see. I, I always I had this time lapse around the Wii to the Wii U time because I didn't really buy a lot of consoles during that time, so I don't really like know the man. That's crazy. Thirteen years. Well, even worse. I mean, not worse, but I mean, you know what I mean. How crazy it must be to leave a job like that. Oh uh, yeah, probably crazy. Yeah. Anyways, good for him. Good luck with whatever he's working on next. I'm sure it'll be great. Probably nothing. Really? I think he's just like retiring oh no like, somebody like dude somebody like him is not gonna retire or nothing you know well no okay yeah i i'm sure he will do things but yeah but i bet it'll I'm be sure like I bet he'll still be involved in the gaming community somehow I, see him I don't at events know. or something <laughs> i don't know i was gonna say i could see him doing some sort of uh consulting or something sure. but even then i bet it, w- it would almost certainly not be cla- uh or it would almost certainly not be gaming related because hmm. Um, you can't really work for a video game company and then do. I would think there would be like a like non compete. Oh yeah, stuff, that's true. You know, keeping him from doing that, uh, and he probably and it would probably just be a weird situation, anyways. You know, even if he was technically sure. allowed to, uh, it would probably be awkward. But I'm sure he's going to be doing something. Oh, for sure. Um, uh, one other thing today, it was confirmed that Sony is working on the PlayStation five. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. There was an article in, in wired that came out about it and they released uh, quite a few details. Um, also, uh, it is, it is going to be backwards compatible. Good. Uh, it didn't say at least as far as I saw i i didn't see how far backwards compatible sure it doesn't have to be crazy you know what i mean right but it is you know at least ps4 backwards compatible it is going to have a disc drive it uh they they do have games currently in development for it it's going to use a solid state drive Ooh, is that different than the last iteration yeah, yeah. Apparently, both the PS4 and the Xbox One still use a hard drive. Wow, that's yeah. insane! Think about the last time you used a hard drive as your primary your memory. <laughs> yeah, yeah. seriously. And suppose, supposedly, it's. Uh, I mean, all solid state drives are fast, as you know. But supposedly, it's even for solid state drives. It's a pretty fast one. They wow. um, now obviously the demo they showed. You know, of course, they tailored it to to be as good, you know, as it could be. Of course. So, but they said that they uh, demonstrated, I believe it was uh, the Spider-Man game on it. 
And they showed it loading on a PS4 Pro. And like this one sequence, it takes like 15 seconds to load into the next screen. And on this, on the solid state drive, it took 0.8 seconds. Oh. It's going to have ray tracing? That's nuts. What is that? It is, uh, basically, it simulates uh, individual light waves. Uh, oh. So that it just makes everything look a hundred times more realistic. Whoa. The It's been, you know, obviously that takes a ton of calculation, so it's been prohibitively expensive uh, operationally to do not not like with money but i mean like just just mm-hmm. for the processor to do uh but apparently it's it this is going to you know i guess they have it fast enough now to where it's going to be able to handle ray tracing like look up uh i, I saw this the other day somebody put ray tracing in minecraft um and they uh it's like pre-rendered and all but if you just do Minecraft ray oh, tracing, okay. and that gives you a uh, an idea of how amazing. I see. Okay. Wow. That actually adds a disgusting amount of realism to yeah. video games. Yeah. That is something that I never knew was missing. Wow. You, you like artificial I know, light right? Done, but damn, that is so crazy. Yeah. How do I describe this? Like, it, it's basically natural light. I mean, it, it's real. Yeah. Natural looking light. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. That's, I think that's the best way to describe it. Wow. That is freaky. It makes Minecraft look good. Yeah, it makes <laughs> Minecraft look stunningly good. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah, so it's going to have uh, ray tracing capability. Uh, it's going to have 8K resolution or support 8K resolution. It is going to have PS... Huh? I was just commenting. That's insane. Yeah, so that's PSVR compatibility, uh, 3D audio... Oh. And it's not going to be out this year. That doesn't surprise me. Me either. So a couple things. So you you made a comment about VR. So I would I'm going to make an, ex, an assumption here. I think within the next one or two console cycles, it's going to be purely focused on VR. I think VR is going to be huge here in like the next ten or fifteen years. So. I'm very curious if this system, I know you said it has the VR capabilities for PlayStation, but I wonder to what extent the fact that they're putting this much hardware in a console makes me think they are trying to get ready for something. Cause that's a lot of power to put into a console. I don't know if I think that VR is going to be a big thing. Really? Oh no, it's definitely going to be a big thing. But I, I heard that the... two or three years ago that, that this generation of VR was going to be a big thing and that didn't happen. Right, because that was because of cost. And here's the thing, though. I'm not saying this next generation. That. The cost is pretty high. I mean, you, to get, like, the full setup, it's it's a, it's a about the price of a console. Okay, yeah. You're right. And you have to have a computer. That... But also, it's, it's... Especially with consoles, I think a big barrier is having to pull out the headset and shit any, anytime you want to play. As opposed yeah. to... Grab a controller and sit on the couch. So so I want to say this. I was not implying that I think this next iteration of VR is going to be the next big thing. I'm saying in the next couple cycles. Like I, I At some point, VR is going to be a, the thing, right? It's It has to be. For, not, for nece- gaming. not necessarily. Really? You, th- you think? Because I, I think an analogy would be 3D with on movies. Why didn't that become? Because it's not good. 
Okay. It's not good. But I mean, if it got good, do you think it would be a huge thing? Probably. Have you have you played with some of the new VR stuff? Yeah. It's freaky. It's really freaky how, it's, how good it is for it. It is now. good. Yes, it is very good. But I don't see myself ever being like, oh, I play 90% VR nowadays. So what I think is going to happen is somebody is going to design an MMO or some sort of second life type module in VR and it's going to become a problem. <laughs> like people are going to fucking go nuts. I'm serious. Like I, I really do think that that could easily just become. It's going to be flashbacks terrifying. to EverQuest addiction. And so, well, I mean, I, yeah, guess, I guess World of Warcraft was, was just as. Oh yeah. Just did that just as much. Yeah. That's all. I, I really, that makes me wonder. I mean, that's a lot of power to put into a console. You know, they, they were there were stories about people playing. Um, uh, EverQuest was always the ones I heard about playing yeah. for like thirty hours straight, and then hallucinating that the bad guys in the game were actually chasing them in real life. Yeah, imagine if that person was wearing a VR. VR, <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be insane. <laughs> Their body would just shut down. <laughs> You're like, no, seriously, the body would shut down. <laughs> yeah, it's really no, bad. No, they're dead. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've spent countless hours playing WoW, so I can't really comment here. But yeah, it's uh, it's very interesting. Uh, yeah. So those are uh, that's what we know about the PS5 now. Price point is probably going to be a couple couple C notes higher, I would think, than the last one. I have no idea. Could be. It sounds like but, it, but yeah, I I would think maybe at least at, at the start. Remember how much yeah. wasn't PS3 like eight hundred dollars when it came out or something insane or like six or eight hundred dollars or vaguely see that that's the thing i didn't after the playstation 2 and gamecube i didn't get another console until the wii and then after that it was the switch i got i have some pretty big timeline gaps okay it was the the two models were 500 and 600 okay i could see it being like that yeah i got the ps3 but i got it very late in the cycle uh i could see it being 600 yeah that's interesting. So anyway, there's that. At least they're not trying to do a trying to compete with Nintendo with some sort of mobile device, you know. Yeah, I think you're right. They've I feel like they've kind of figured out what their things are. Uh, PlayStation or Sony and Microsoft, they they're like, okay, yeah, we got the home consoles down. Yeah. No need to change that up. And Nintendo is like, oh, we're going to try different stuff like always. And that's that's like Nintendo's thing is just like doing something a little different. Yep. Uh, which, and it, everything works out this way. Nobody fuck it up, please. No more we use. I'd be so okay with that. All right. You ready to talk about what games we've been playing? Oh, yeah. I forgot we're even doing the podcast. So let me just talk. <laughs> just kidding. Kind of. All right. Who wants, who goes first? Who's going first? Um, you go first. I think I went first last time. Okay. I only have one this time, but it is. Well, I don't know why I said but. And it is uh, Warcraft Orcs and Humans. So this is Warcraft 1. Warcraft 1. Orcs, orcs and Humans or Orcs versus Humans? It's Orcs and Humans. Okay. Is what it's cool. called. Cool. Uh, this is, of course, a real-time strategy game. It is the first Warcraft game, also, of course. And it came out Oof. in 1994. 
Wow. The uh the graphics in this game are surprisingly good for a nineteen ninety four game. Wait, look at this. Like I didn't have any pain looking at the graphics or anything. It looks very very passable. Uh especially considering like how bad it is playing the original StarCraft nowadays, which oh, yeah. came out five years later. This game looks much better than StarCraft One. This actually looks better than a couple of RTSs that I play from this time. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. There's so some- it looks really good. I was impressed by that. It is fairly basic as far as real-time strategy games go, but it does still have the uh, thing where you have two different types of resources that you have together, you know, wood and gold. Gold and lumber, yeah, I see it. And um, so that is, that's that's cool that they, I feel like, uh, I don't know of any other game at this time that, that had more than just one thing, you know, basically money that you had to mine. That was an RTS, yeah. I'm trying to think myself. Yeah. So just like any basic RTS, what you're doing is building up an army. You start with a base and some workers and typically one soldier, or if you're doing the campaign, maybe two or three or four soldiers. And uh, you're getting started building up your base. You tell your guy to start getting gold or lumber, whichever one you feel like you need the most. You have just enough money to start building one more unit. Typically, the idea is to go ahead and build another worker. And throughout any given mission or skirmish, you're building up uh, more and more workers so they can get you more and more money. Uh, in this case, more and more gold and lumber. And uh, so that you can build more buildings that produce more units. So you have barracks, which produces like your basic. Uh, in fact, in this game, they produce almost all of your units. Then you can build <laughs> other buildings that allow you to upgrade your units or give you access to uh, to other units that you weren't able to build yet. And, uh, of course, produce more workers. And then also, they do have supply, just like in any other uh, uh, Blizzard strategy game, where you have to... For in this in this game, it's farms. So in order to support, you know, uh, ten units, you might have. To, I think each farm supports five units, and you start off with one farm. So if you want to get more than five, then you have to build another farm that'll support up to ten. Then if you want, if you get there and you get capped at ten, you need more, then you build another farm. Just like again, just like any other Blizzard strategy game, if if you're familiar with those. Um, this game does. This game impresses me for the time. However, there are a bunch of things that are really going to bother anybody. Well, probably everybody, probably anybody, period. But especially people who are who are familiar with the RTS genre and are and have played quite a few of those. So it plays well. It plays just fine for this. There's there's nothing crazy about it. It's just. You versus the other guy, you know, you versus the computer pretty much, and you're both building up your bases, building up your armies, trying to uh, destroy the other one before they destroy you. Uh, that's that's pretty much all there is to it. And it does that well. I didn't ever feel like I was bored playing this game. I always felt like there was a threat of them coming after me, so I had to balance, you know, my production of workers with my production of army units and all that, and uh, the game works fine. But... There are so many, so many little quality of life things that um, this game lacks just because it was so early in the RTS genre that's, that have become absolute 
standard, like so far standard that we take them for granted type things. This game doesn't have. Here's probably the biggest one. You ready for this? Absolutely. I love this topic. (laughs) There's no right clicking. Whoa. I don't, whoa. Every single action, you have to press a key or, or click on the little action button to make them do. Even just moving them, even just to make a unit walk somewhere. Whoa. Um, cause, so you know how like you have, you know, uh, you know, in Starcraft, you have, or in you know, in all the games, you have a move, you have attack yeah. move. Well, that's you press A and left click usually, uh, so you don't like right click and they don't like just walk past bad guys. Imagine yeah. having to do A left click or M left click for every single action in the game. For harvesting gold or harvesting wood or walking somewhere, you know, if, if they want a gold, then H click on the gold mine. If you want them to humber, uh, harvest lumber, H click on the lumber. If you want them to just move, M click somewhere. If you want to attack move, A click somewhere. If you want to build something, click on them. And I guess that's pretty much the same. You got to click the, you got to hit the buttons for whatever building you got to get. But you cannot pick somebody and right click to tell them to go somewhere. That's interesting. I know, I guess I didn't realize I was taking that for granted, you know? Yeah, it is very annoying having to press the key for every single command in the game. Um, right-click literally doesn't... It just doesn't do anything. You might as well not have a right mouse button. Um, that is bizarre. Also, um, edge scrolling is, very, <clears throat> is, is pretty weird. You can't just... Uh, yeah. Move your cursor to the edges of the screen. You have to move it to the edge, and then it turns into an arrow, and then you have to hold down left click for it to uh, for for, <laughs> for it to actually scroll. And that's really weird, especially if you have uh, guys selected, because sure. you feel like you're going to unselect them. You know, you feel like you're going to deselect them by left clicking, and it doesn't. So that's good, but it just feels weird. Um, you know, being used to just having to put your cursor on the edge and then scroll. That's um, interesting. Uh, the side, uh, sorry, edge scrolling technology was not very good in the '90s. So the second he said that, I was like, "Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all." There were there were a couple a couple games I played where the edge scrolling is just so bad. Oh, really? I hadn't encountered yeah. that before. Um, all right, here's another one. You you can select um, you can you can select multiple characters. Okay, so but so you know how in uh, in StarCraft one, you can only select a maximum yeah, a of like, it's like eight or twelve yeah, or something think, like that, right? Sure. You can select four at a time in this game. Odd. Uh, so if you, um, so well, I'll elaborate on that in a second. First off, that's not that bad because your armies in this game are typically fairly small. You definitely don't get anything like you're used to in Warcraft yeah. 3 or anything like that. The, you might attack a base with six guys and do pretty well. Uh, so that's not a big deal that you can only select four guys. However, there's also, you can, to draw a box around characters, you have to hold control and left click. You cannot just left click and draw a box. So if wow. you have... So if you have more than four guys and you're trying to move them all at once, then it's control, left click, drag, let go, M click or A click, wherever you want them to move, 
then hold control again, draw a box around the other guys that, that didn't get selected the first time, then M or A left click to wherever you want them to go. As opposed to just what? drawing a box and right clicking. That's so bizarre. <laughs> it really is. That 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 was one of this um the right clicking thing and then and holding having to hold control to draw a box mm-hmm. were two of the things that bothered me the most. Additionally, all right. So you have your workers, right? Yeah. Workers cannot attack in any way whatsoever. Oh. In in for anybody who's not familiar with Blizzard RTS games or RTS games in general, usually uh, the workers can attack, but they're just very weak. In this game, they have no attack capabilities whatsoever. So if you if you draw a box and happen to have a worker selected in that box, and you try attack moving somewhere, they don't do anything. None of them do anything. So you have to be very careful when you're drawing a box not to select your workers. And then again, you have to control, do it, then, you know, M or A, then left click wherever you want them to go, then draw another box around everybody who that you sounds the first brutal, time. man. <laughs> All of these things add up pretty quickly. Um. Oh, oh. So you start off your um. You start off the game, and you know, of course, you got your base there. You have like one basic building and and like a farm, and a worker. Or sometimes two workers. Actually, in skirmishes, one thing that is pretty cool is you can you can set what what units you start off with and how many of them. So you can be like, oh, all right, I want both teams to start off with, you know, that's interesting, a whole army and you know a couple workers, or like one worker and one army guy, or you know, you can do it however you want. So yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Um, but uh, where was I going with this? What was I saying? What was I talking about? Wait, wait, wait. So what is the thought behind that? Do you think that's interesting? Sorry to trail off. I think it's just uh, like, oh, how, how, how do you want to do skirmish? Do it however you want. If you want to start off with an army, why not? Yeah, but why? In fact, like, I was, in fact my, qu- all right, my question would be this. My, I, will, I will answer that with another question, which is, why take that away in subsequent games? Yeah, right. Because that was my first thought. I was like, why don't, I was like, it this must is have pretty cool. Why didn't, yeah, why didn't they ever, why didn't they do this anymore after this? I think it's a good idea. Um, you know, obviously in tournaments and, and, and competitive play and ladder play, you would probably keep it pretty much how it is now. But I think it's a pretty cool option to have. Um, oh, but oh, oh, I remember what I was saying. So you start off and you have your workers or whatever. You have to scout just to find the gold mine for your base. Oh, it's not it's not in a same <laughs> position every time. Uh, well, I believe it is in the same position, but it's not in your field of view. Whoa. So if you're not familiar, it's it's very close by. Always, they start you off basically right next sure. to it. But sometimes okay. it would take me like a minute to find it because keep in mind to scout, you're scrolling around the screen, clicking on one individual person because it's hard to draw boxes. Then M clicking somewhere for him to go. Then finding the next, you know, doing the awkward scroll thing. Then finding the next guy. So it's it's harder than it sounds just to get a few guys scouting around your base. You know. And uh, and it's always very close, but I don't believe it was ever actually in my vision. Whenever I started a new uh, a skirmish or even a even a um, even a campaign mission, so it's it's right there. But you have to find it, and then so you're building up. You know, obviously, typically what you want to do is basically build workers nonstop, uh, especially off right off the bat, so you can start bringing in more money. 
Uh, however, the um, the gold mine that's by your base usually runs out not super quick, but but a lot faster than than you expect it to. They you last, mine it out. You mean? Huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're mine, talking about mining it. Okay. Mining it out. Yeah, it mines the, the one that you start off next to mines out probably uh, in about. 20% of the time as it does in say like Starcraft two. Okay. So you have enough just to get you going and you got to find another one. So I, I don't, I don't know if you know, Starcraft two, they did expedite how quickly mine are made now. Oh really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is very fast. And so you have to start getting gold from another mine. So you got to make sure that you've, that you're looking for one in the meantime, mm-hmm. but you cannot expand. There's no, you can't build the building that they bring money back to. You only get one. You only get the one that you start off with. So that means that you have to build a shitload of new workers once you're ready to start going for the new mine. And there's just a long ass line of workers going back and forth, you know, like a quarter of the way across the map, wherever the other gold mine you found happens to be. It's like an ant trail. What? (laughs) It seems like they learned a ton from this game. Yeah, I think they did too. Uh, and also, as you can, pro- as you might, as you might expect, uh, the AI pathing is really bad. Oh yeah, I mean, it was bad in Star- it was bad in StarCraft. They'll get caught in like little weird corners, or they'll try going in a straight line, even though it's obvious that you can't go in a straight line from here to there and then kind of like hug trees or hug walls or whatever until they get to where they're trying to go. But this is especially bad when it comes to having these, these ant trails of miners because they're just walking right into each other. You know, you have the miners going to the mine and the ones coming back carrying money and they are constantly just walking directly into each other, stopping and then like taking a second and then going around each other. It's constant. That's so funny. There's some funny bugs you can do to the AI in StarCraft as well. That just makes me... I, I mean, what's crazy is, what, 20-some years later, AI is much better, obviously much better, but it is not good. It's not great. But the AI that, the, that people are working on right now for StarCraft is pretty terrifying. I don't know if you've watched the... the I told you before, the colleges that are competing where they're developing oh, AI that yeah, plays yeah. only StarCraft. They play Brood War only, and it's just... It's crazy to watch them. I haven't watched any of that. I really, so really cool. need to, though. We need to. Yeah, so cool. It does sound very interesting. Um, yeah, to, to be fair, um, pathfinding is kind of like a classic problem um, with yeah. with computer games and and even outside of compu- even even outside of video games, it's kind of like something that it's like when you think about the things that have to take place and how you do it. It is uh, it's actually very computationally expensive, uh, but here it's just especially bad. And the AI in general is is actually pretty bad too. A lot of the time, I'll have guys standing right next to a bad guy who's attacking our town, or even attacking, uh, or even like in a fight with one of my units. And there's guys standing directly next to them, not doing anything until I tell them to. Sometimes, even if I a moved them there, they they don't attack. That's me in combat, by the way. Be like, nope, <laughs> nope. I'm not gonna hit this guy because he's gonna hit me back. So that's stupid. <laughs> so I I would have guys scouting. I'd have like a small army to scout with, and I'm a moving them everywhere so that they do attack somebody if they come across it. But even then, usually what would happen is 
one guy will end up fighting if they come across a bad guy and the other guys will just kind of like keep on going or stop and just stand right there. Even if I did tell them to a move. That's so bad. So that's pretty bad. Um, Oh, and, and another weird thing. Uh, actually, I only got two more things. <laughs> one, more weird, one more kind of weird thing is, so it has fog of war, of course, where you um, can, where you can't see stuff. You know, you can only see the mar- sure. part of the map that, that you've explored. However, you know, in RTS games nowadays, there's basically three levels of vision. You can There's stuff that you can see where you have units and you can see everything that's going on right there. There's stuff that you that's completely blacked out that you just haven't explored yet. And then there's in between where you've gone there and you've seen what's there. And so you can see, oh, there's like trees here or something like that. But, uh, but you don't have any units there, so you can't see what's going on there right now. Right? Right. This only has yeah. one or the other. And so and once, once you explore someplace... You can leave, and you have permanent vision of that forever. What? <laughs> yeah. So, as long as you've explored, you know, a good portion of the map, you can always see what's going on all over the map. What? <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I get it because they didn't know any better, so I get it. But right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. That was it. That was my thought exactly. It would it would make more sense if it was just the complete opposite, where they yeah. just did it as if you hadn't yeah, ever been there. Absolutely. But that's how they did it. And uh, and then one other kind of oh, actually, I, I guess I'll mention. So there's two races, as you can probably tell by the title. There's orcs and there's humans. There's basically no difference between the two races, as far as I could really? tell. Yeah, I didn't get too far into the campaign. I got. About four levels in on the orcs and like two levels in on the humans, which is basically nothing. The first the first mission on for both of them is just build six farms. Yeah. Uh, so teach you how to play. Yeah, but I did I did do a few a couple skirmishes, and as far as I can tell, the, the two races are actually the same. It's just the units look different. So. You know, they, the humans have a knight, the orcs have a, like, I think he's called a, I think it's called a grunt. And then the yeah. humans have an archer and the orcs have a spearman. The humans have uh, knights that ride on, they have, you can later get a horse, like a, like a horse unit, a knight riding a horse. The, the orcs have a, an orc riding mm-hmm. like a wolf. And that's, and they're like, each side has its version of a wizard. The wizards probably do have, um different abilities because I, I didn't, I never used a wizard as a, as the humans, but the, now that I say that the orcs have a, uh, their wizard character can raise, uh, like dead can raise some of their body, like can raise bodies from the dead and give you a skeleton unit. And I bet that the humans don't have that. Cause it's, cause it's treated as like a necromancer. And, and I would expect that like, since the humans are the good guys, typically good guys don't have necromancers. So maybe there is some difference there. That, yeah. yeah. So maybe there is a little bit of difference there, but essentially it's you're they're they're 99% alike, which is very different from how Blizzard games are, how they became eventually. I, I don't know about Warcraft two because I never played that, but Starcraft one, Starcraft two, Warcraft three. The big thing about those games were all the races are significantly different from one another. Oh yeah. Yeah. They uh, added more races, made them more unique. One one funny thing was the catapult 
which uh, was on the orc side. I'm sure the humans have their version of it as well, but the but the orcs have a catapult. The catapult one-shots people. <laughs> what? But not, but not only that, it does one-shot AoE damage and friendly damage. <laughs> so the first time I had one out, I just kind of like took it out with my army and I was attacking. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It was like a small little battle. It was like two versus four. And I launched one thing and it killed all of my own guys. Well done, Robert. Yeah, thanks. I won anyways, so it was all worth it. <laughs> but uh, there's Warcraft, Orcs, and Humans. It was very interesting. Uh, it was a, uh, it was, I would say it was borderline enlightening because it kind of shows you so many things that we take for granted nowadays, especially right-clicking and box drawing without having to hold control and being able to select more than four characters. Uh, I, I, I didn't dislike it. I actually kind of had fun playing it, but it really f- did feel like a chore having to do all these like having to just do all this extra work to make basic things happen, you know? Oh yeah. It, it's gotta be cool to see. Obviously you've played Warcraft, so you know what it ultimately turned into, but yeah, it's very interesting just to kind of look back and go, wow, this is where it came from. Like, look at this, like, look how much stuff Like, you give them credit for all this, the minor things, but some of the, the innovative things that they did just over time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all about it. Same. Good choice. All right, Jay, let's hear from you. Um, so for this episode of the podcast, I actually don't have a new game, but I wanted to continue discussing uh, my playthrough of Final Fantasy VII for the Nintendo Switch. Um, so as I, I went pretty far in depth as to where I was last time and about my overall my overall feelings of the game, um, just to kind of add to it a little bit. So I've progressed quite a bit further. I'm just about done with the first disc, which I think is like probably somewhere like 20 to 25 hours into the game. And... Still having a blast with it. I figured out a couple a couple in-game mechanics that they added to it. So I think I talked about before you can you can turn on speed so the game goes faster. So if you're doing something boring like a cutscene you've already seen, or not a cutscene, sorry, like dialogue you've already seen, you can't do it during cutscenes. Uh, but if there's any dialogue or if there's a specific thing going on on screen, like the mini game you have to do in Gold Saucer, um, you can fast forward through those, which is kind of nice. There's a setting you can do to turn off combat. So if you, for whatever reason, want to turn off combat because you're either want to die or if you just don't want to fight really weak mobs when you're going through a cave or something you can turn that off um so i found both those and i haven't used the the combat one too much i used like once or twice for some i had there was a bug that i was having and i was trying to figure it out and then the fast forward one i've used quite a bit and both of which are pretty dang nice it's a nice little addition to the game uh makes it just even that much more uh, accessible i guess kind of the best way to put it Hmm. um and one thing i love about this game is excuse me the fact that it's on the switch is being able to save anytime because in Final Fantasy VII, you can only save when you're out in the open world or if you get to a save point, a save crystal. And there, a lot of times you'll, you'll be out in the world, no big deal. And a lot of times there's save points, no big deal. But then there's other times where if you need to stop playing for whatever reason, you need to leave, go to work, you know, do whatever you need to do. Um, it's kind of annoying at times because there might be some pretty large gaps where you won't have a save point. There's a lot of dialogue, maybe right. a mini boss or just like a dungeon. And it can be pretty tedious. But with playing on a Switch, it's like, oh, let me just power it down. And then next time I boot it back up, guess what? I'm right where I was before. And I really appreciate that because JRPGs, you know, they're generally very long and there are some droughts where you you have to play continuously. Otherwise, you'll lose any progress you've made. So really appreciate that about that. And now back to the game. So I am still very much so enjoying the game. Um, I have gone through some of the side quests. I got Vincent. I have Yuffie. So I did Wutai, which was very fun. Um, I enjoyed that very much. The party I'm using for my main party is Yuffie, Vincent, and Cloud. 
because uh, you are forced to use cloud. And then right now I have to use Eris because I'm very close to the end of the first disc. So I'm using Cloud, Eris, and Vincent. And oh my, oh my God, I forgot how broken Vincent is. Oh, Not really? only from, yeah, he's a ranged character that does a ton of damage. <laughs> but his, his limit break is so disgusting. So his limit break, he, has, he only has four, uh, four total limit breaks. And each rank, he gets a, a demon that he transforms into. And you lose control of him, but he does these really powerful attacks. Sometimes they can cause instant death. Sometimes they're they're elemental based. Um, other times they do massive AOEs. And the one I have right now is level three, which is Death Gigas, and it's this it's this Frankenstein's monster esque lightning damage dealing summon demon thing. It's freaking terrifying, and it does so much damage. And what I do to him is I haste him, I buff him as he's in this <laughs> form, and his attacks have a chance to poison. So and Damn. and his health doubles. His health doubles. <laughs> so it's he's just unstoppable. So. Uh, I will say, Vince, Vincent, I forgot how broken he is. Um, Eris is so weak because I haven't used her, so there's a little bit of a balance there. But God, Vincent's so strong. Um, one thing I want to talk about, I, I touched on this briefly last time, but I wanted to talk about it more, was the, the, the equipment system. So one of the things that I, I've been doing this playthrough that I noticed is uh, I'm not using any summons. And there's a couple reasons for this. So when, you're, when, you're, when you have a character, each character equips a weapon. They equip armor, uh, which gives them... So both the weapon and the armor give them materia slots, which allows you to fill them up with material, which gives you spells, right? Uh, but these different types of weapons and armor have different allotments. So one could allow you to equip four materia. Sometimes it might allow you to equip eight materia. Sometimes it'll give you connected slots. So two of the slots will be connected so they can interact with each other. Hmm. So as you're progressing through the game, you get access to better armor, which gives you further materia slots. And so you'll get these linked ones where you can do things like a spell and then in a, a support material, which is like an all. So if you do restore, aka cure, and then all, then you heal your whole party. If you do something like lightning or poison, it does poison or lightning all, right? General idea. But th so there's different colors of material. There's green material, which is kind of like the main material. It's your meat. It's your potatoes. It's the, the restore slash heal. It's the poison. It's the haste. It's barrier. It's all these different things. But then you have yellow materia, which is command materia, I believe. Uh, it is interesting things like manipulate the enemy, steal from the enemy, death blow, which is essentially a critical hit. Uh, there's throw, where you can throw items or gold at mobs. Uh, there's enemy skill, which is what I talked about last time being my favorite material in the game because you're basically acquiring the mobs' abilities and then using it back at them. It's it's one of the most popular, I think it's one of the more popular concepts across Final Fantasy in general, but in this game in particular, it's just, it's the spells you get at the right time are just so powerful. Uh, beyond the yellow material, you get purple material, which I don't know what it's called, but it's very support-esque. It's like HP+, plus, MP+, plus, chocobo lure, which allows you to catch chocobos, a long range material, which makes your characters who are not long range, such as Cloud, be able to hit ranged, or excuse me, flying mobs or mobs from the back line if they're if they're further back. Um, so that's purple material. And then you have um, so the the true support material, which is blue material, which affects other spells. And this is what I was talking about. So if you have uh, poison in a linked slot on your weapon, and then you add added effect, which is a blue materia, your sword would then deal poison damage. I talked about this a little bit last time. And if you put that in your armor, in your armor slots, then you'd, you'd be immune to poison. And there's all these different combinations you can do, which is really cool. Uh, but then the red materia, I didn't talk about it very much last time, which is the summons. And the summons are generally very powerful. So they, uh, when you equip red materia, you lose damage and you lose uh, total health on your characters. So if you overload them with materia, especially red and green, because those are the two ones that reduce your health the most, um, your characters will be relatively weak. They'll have low max health and they won't do a whole lot of damage. 
Uh, so generally, I, I used to always include summons, and I never understood why. Because at the time, I was like, well, if I level them up, it'll be great. And it's like, yeah, but what does it matter if you level up summons in this game? And I realized it's one of the most disappointing things about this game to me is the fact that when you level up summons in this, they don't get more powerful and they don't change at all. They just allow you to cast it an additional time during the fight. So a level one Shiva material allows you to cast it once during the combat. But if you level it to level two, it doesn't get any more powerful. It just allows you to cast Shiva a second time in a single instance of a fight. Was that alone pretty powerful, though? It's powerful. It's very mana intensive. It reduces your character's overall max HP and strength. I'm not saying that they're not worth it. It's just kind of disappointing. I was was expecting, you know, with how great this game was and how in-depth they went with a lot of different aspects of it, I would have loved it if they would have done different ranks to make it more impactful, kind of like Chocobo's Dungeon. Chocobo's Dungeon, as your spells level up, they become more impactful, right? And same with most of the general general elemental spells, even like Meteor and and Poison in this game get bigger and better, but the summons just gain an additional charge in 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 a way. So... The reason I bring this up, so I'm not using summons at all this time. And the, I realize that generally speaking, when I do playthroughs this game, I don't even need them. Like you really don't need them. There's a couple instances where some of them are pretty nice, but generally speaking, it's they're kind of null and void. They're cool. If you've never played Final Fantasy VII, I would definitely suggest using them throughout the game because mm-hmm. they're, they're very, very cool. And some of the cinematics are quite long and it's kind of cool to see. Uh, but overall, it's just kind of like, oh, it's interesting. So I, I, I'm not using a whole lot of red materia. And then on my characters that are purely focused on dealing damage, uh, obviously, I'm using less materials, so they do more overall damage. And uh, so far, I've had very little trouble with bosses. I've got, I got low to one boss because I screwed up. I did something stupid. I, I forgot that the boss, uh, he is he's immune to fire damage, and I forgot. And I was like blowing him up, and I'm like, why is this guy not dying? And then I forgot that he's immune to fire damage. Even though it says, like, when you hit him, it'll say zero or heal him. I just wasn't wasn't registering in that registering that excuse me and then the other boss obviously a lot of people died to materia keeper um, anybody who played this game as a kid knows that boss is terrifying I don't remember that he does an enemy skill called trine it's this massive lightning based AOE and my god if you are not ready for it during the fight he can just devastate your your party with it um, but if you go in with the right equipment and the right amount of health it's it's just like kind of cakewalk um, but yeah I'm still really enjoying it I'm gonna slow down the pace a little bit. Uh, on the game so i'm probably going to switch and play something else as well but i'm really enjoying this i love the fact that it's on the switch i love the portability of it the soundtrack's amazing they you know they obviously didn't make any changes to the, to the game that i've seen so far so that's great um all in all it's still just a very very enjoyable experience again 16 bucks in the switch store if you're craving playing final fantasy 7 especially since we still don't know when the, the remake's going to be um yeah, right <laughs> maybe this is the remake <laughs> it's for playstation 5 boys <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's almost gonna need to be yeah right god that'd be so crazy oh my gosh but yeah this is a very fun game I, it it i it's funny when i don't play a game for a while that i respect like you know there's those games you automatically in your mind is like this game's great and then after a couple years you're like is it really that great and then sometimes you go back and be like yeah that's that's i was damn right that is a great game this is one of those games this is one of those games that every time i go back and play it i forget how clever some of the dialogue is i forget how amazing the soundtrack is how engaging the combat system can be, especially when you turn up the speed, how the material system's fun, um, how getting enemy skills is fun. There's just so many different aspects to it. And that's just scratching the surface of this game. What's crazy about this is the end game is where a lot of people have the, the fondest memories. It's grinding the chocobos so that you can get the max level of materia, so you can get all the hidden items, so you get knights of the round, so you can get the master materials. Like there's so much end game content that really is just grinding. But still, in, in a sense, it's crazy how much how much content they actually put into you know, such an old game, 1997, 22 years ago. That is crazy. That's yeah, so old. 
Yeah. All right. Any All questions? Right. No. Bombs, concerns? You continue to sell Final Fantasy VII. It sounds... Yeah, they're paying me, by the way. They told me. It's, it's still... Uh, I think I've told you. It was... I think it was about eight years ago when I played it for the first time. And uh, it's amazing. And you enjoyed it, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. And... Yeah. Um, yeah, you're almost making me want to play it again. If I didn't have so many other things to play, I'd be like, oh, okay, that'll be my next one, maybe. <laughs> yeah, just be happy. I've, I haven't been craving playing Tactics quite yet. I'm getting there. Oh, no. <laughs> I have to play it once a year. I, I can't. I'm sorry. I'm, I, have a, I have a problem. Like, I was about I have to say, to it's, it's that time 10, of the year now. Seven every year. <laughs> I think I, I do plan to play Chocobo's Dungeon pretty soon. That'd be dope. Super I would love to hear you talk one. about that. Yeah, I hope so. I hope it's not too easy for you. I hope it's not too frustrating. I hope some of the mechanics don't irritate you too much. I found it really, really to be such a fun game. I wonder how much. Well, I'll look it up later. <laughs> I'm wondering how much it is on eBay. Uh, you haven't played the new Chocobo's Dungeon, have you? No, I saw. Was it Jeff was reaching? Was talking about that. Uh, someone asked. Oh, no. I think it was Chase. Uh, Chase was asking us Chase, about it. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know. I have. I want. I want to get his. I'm kind of curious what his thoughts of it are, are so far, and I'm really curious if it's similar to the style that I like, or if it's the something I, I don't like. I'm very nervous that they're going to screw it up. To be honest with you, but because it's like it's such a it's it's such a it's a style that's not that popular anymore, right? And so, not not roguelikes, the, the the turn based style of it. I have a feeling they may change it, but we'll see. From what I've seen, it, it it's pretty uh pretty true to that turn based uh that's good type of movement. Now you're making me want to play it. <laughs> All right, let's do top fives. Sound good to you? Whatever's clever. Yep, hundred percent. All right, top five games that should be on the Sega Genesis Mini. And I just realized I came up with like ten and never organized them into my top five. So. uh Give me what's one fu- second. What's funny is I think a lot of ours are going to be announced in the future. Um. Uh, probably yeah. Okay, I've got I've actually got mine all good to go now. Um, so these are top five games that need to be on the Sega Genesis Mini. Besides, excuse me, besides the ones that have been announced, which are which I are yeah, go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. I was going to say Altered Beast, uh, Castlevania Bloodlines, Comics Zone, Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, Echo the Dolphin, Gunstar Heroes, Shining Force, Sonic the Hedgehog, Space Harrier 2, and Toe Jam and Earl. Okay. Oh, forgot to mention something, by the way, regarding Final Fantasy. I did not get to date Barrett. I tried. I failed. Is that the um, is that something that happens where you have to dress up in a dress? Uh, no, so later on, depending on your dialogue with Tifa and Barrett and Eris, you can not go on a date with Eris when you go to Gold Saucer. You can go on a date with Tifa. And if you do it just right, then you go on a date with Barrett. <laughs> he comes in your room and picks you up. It's hilarious. I don't know if I do that. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Number five. Jay, why don't you start us off on the games that have to be on the Sega Genesis Mini? Sure. You ready? Yeah. Lion King. Hear me out. No, come on. Hear me out. This game's trash, right? But this will truly show people how difficult some of these 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 games were. I feel like this is kind of a joke, but also at the same time, like 
I just want people to see, like, holy shit, this game's so bad, it's so frustrating, just to <laughs> kind of give people an idea of how much difference, different it is today than what it was. Um, you know what? It, this isn't on my list, but if I were to do one like that, I think I would choose uh, Jurassic Park. Dude, I, Jurassic Park is my number seven. <laughs> okay. Seriously, I love that game. That game is so frustratingly bad. Okay. All right, number five. I had to do one throwaway. Huh? I had to do one throwaway. Oh, gotcha. Okay. All right, my number five is also kind of a throwaway, not because, well, it's not bad or great, but I think it would just be really fun to have it on here. Uh, however, I I don't I really don't think there's a chance that they'll put it on there. That is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Oh yeah, a lot. I saw it on a lot of people's lists. Oddly enough. Oh, did you? Yeah, a lot of people were like, "I would love to see this game." Like, what? So yeah. interesting. Uh, it would be. It's not a great game, but I think it would still be fun to um to be to have on there. I, I would like to. I would really like to play it. it. There are good things about it. You get to turn into a robot at one point. <laughs> okay. Um, number four. Number four, NBA Jam. Uh, I. Th- I think this is, okay. this is one of those games that would be super good to have on there. I think it'd be nice for multiplayer. I think all around it's a nice nice to have one sports-like game. And I guess I have one and a half. But yeah, I, I think I think NBA Jam would be a solid choice. I Do you disagree? Solid. Okay. Okay. I no, figured as much. But. Yeah, I think so. All right. Number four for me is Flashback. This game is so different from most other uh, Sega Genesis games. Of course, there is um, Another World which is very similar, but flashback is much better. Uh, just it's very different from other games. It's still, uh, at least at the time I haven't played in a long time. It, it was very good too. So, uh, I feel like just because of its uniqueness, it has to be on there. Cool. Kind of show people like, Hey, look at this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my number three is uh, Road Rash. So this is my one and a half. Oh, I did. That's Road a good Rash. one. That's a good one. Yeah, this one of those games that it's one of the most notable titles, I think, on the Sega Genesis. It's one of one that I remember fondly. Very creative game. Very, very cool design for the limited space that they had for this. Just a cool game. Great sound effects, even though they're terrible. They're still fun. But <laughs> <laughs> That's that's um, a good one. I wish I had thought of that. This is a, I think this is a must, to be honest, in my, my, my opinion. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. Even though I, f- I think playing it now, I'd probably get bored of Road Rash super quick. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah. It, it, well, last I playthrough, I got bored pretty quick, so. No, okay. But, yeah, I think it would, I think it's got to be on there. Mm-hmm. All right, number uh, three for me is Golden Axe. Cool. This probably will be on there. I yeah, I be, think so, too. Yeah, I would be surprised. And maybe even Golden Axe 1 and 2 mm-hmm. may be on there. But I would agree, too. Yeah, but... Either way, it was such a classic beat 'em up game, and at the at the time, this was also one of my favorites. So that's that's why I would really want it. Solid, solid choice. This is my number six. Yeah, I think okay. this is. Uh, I think this is the only reason it's number six is not because I didn't think it was as good. It was because exactly what you said. I think it's going to be on there. So, gotcha. Uh, my number two. Yeah. You gotta go with NHL '94. There's my my third sport. Two why did sports I not teams. think of that one? I don't know. I saw this. I was like. Wait, this has to be on my list. Scroll, scroll, scroll. What? This is this is another auto. Damn. NHL '94, one of the best games that you and I have talked about. Yeah, really long. It's so good. It's, it's so like good. probably the best Sega Genesis game ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it's up there with like Sonic in terms of quality. <laughs> Such a fun game. 
Uh, okay, that's my number one. That's my new number one, then, in that case. <laughs> Honestly, it should be my number one, but I, I had a different one. Okay. Um, number two is Thunder Force 3. This is a shoot 'em up side-scrolling, kind of futuristic-type game. Um, just all I remember is that I really liked this game and that the graphics blew me away at the time. And that's one of those that just, like, looks really good. It just... Aside from the actual graphical fidelity, I feel like they did a really good job just having like lots of stuff going on at once on the screen and everything just just looking really cool. I, I really loved this game, so I would like to see it on there, Thunder Force 3. Cool. Um, my number one, surprisingly enough, not NHL 94 again. That'd be kind of a good choice, though. Uh, it was Vector Man. I, I like Vector Man a lot. I th- my last playthrough, I really enjoyed it. Um, it is a very, very fun game. Cool graphics. It's, you know, it's got your basic elements, but it's not, it's not the best of its kind, but it is very good, especially for the Sega Genesis. And I think it's one of the ones that, that people remember. Gotcha. I think that's a solid Have you one. played Vector Man? Huh? Have you played Vector I Man? I haven't. I've heard you and, and Blake, I believe, talk yeah, about I was say, it. I remember Blake talking it about was, it too. And it sounds 100% like it should be on there. I still have not played it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, number number one for me is General Chaos. This was a really cool game. It was a uh, strategy game. It's like a one screen strategy game where you can see everything that's going on. Each side has five army guys, and you might have one guy with a machine gun, one guy that throws grenades, one guy with a flamethrower, and I don't know, you know, a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And you basically just just position them around the map in real time. So there's, there's may, there may be, you know, a river going across the middle of the map and then, and then, and like sandbags here and there, maybe some barbed wire and stuff and some, maybe like a hill and you're in the whole game is just you and it's really good for multiplayer, but it, you know, of course this has single player mode as well. It's just you moving your guys. So you like would pick one and tell him to, it's almost like it would, it it's, it's like as if you were using a mouse, but it's just with the controllers. Like you pick a guy, tell him, all right, you, you go here. And uh, that's the whole game is just you positioning your units. Wow. Uh, like I said, you each have five army guys and it's just you, you positioning them around this relatively small map uh, fighting each other until until one person wins. And it's, it's really fun. There, there is a way you can do. Um, a ver- uh, so you have the option to do a typical squad of army guys with five guys or you can pick only two. But as you switch back and forth between them, you, c- you can directly control them. So that was kind of weird. It's like, do I want to have uh, only 40% of the number of guys, but be able to directly yeah. control them or have all five and, and, and have to, you know, essentially point and click them around the map. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, point directly control them didn't really work because that's just the game. You know, the maps were designed to basically have a guy sit in one spot and then move him if, mm. if it was a good idea. So that was, that's, that's basically how you always want to do it is with five guys. Gotcha. But it was really fun. And I haven't played it in a long time. And I would, uh, I would like to. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Good, uh, games as always. Good lists as always, I should say. For our next, um, do, 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 what do you call it? Top five. For our next top five, we are going to do. Top five uh, games that had the most unrealized potential. In other words, games that 
have let us have go- I'm sure we've done something similar to this, but I don't think we've done this exact thing. Games that have really cool elements that just were not, I guess, put together very well or not utilized very well, and that could have been really awesome if they had been done right. So send us yours, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. Yes, please. And uh, with that, we'll jump into emails. Jay, the first one comes from, uh, I believe, a gentleman who didn't uh, include his name. So we'll just say this is from... How dare uh, he or she? Anon. Did you say Anon? Anon. I've never heard somebody say it that way before, because I know it's anonymous. So they, I, always, so I always see it... Uh, uh, whenever you see it written, like if somebody's posting a... Like pasting yeah. something from uh, like 4chan or something, and it's just A-N-O-N, how do you pronounce that in your head? Anon. Anon? Yeah. Even though it's wrong, I mean, but just the way I do it. I don't know how I say it in my head. I was just trying to think, because I don't know if it's if I say it Anon, or I might say Anon too. I think I, I say Anon. I think I say Anon in my head also. So this is from Anon. Wait, do you read 4chan? No, 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 no. But oh. sometimes I'll see somebody copy and pasted something from 4chan. Gotcha. No, no, no. No, let's stay away from there. All right. Is this it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, this is coming in from Anon. Hey guys, I was inspired to email you after listening to episode 19 in which you got your first iTunes review, being an on re- being an unreserved one star. So now I just wanted to let you know I'm loving this podcast. Listening to a bunch of nerds talking about games they love and ta- taking shots at each other the whole time is so enjoyable. Just wanted to say love you guys and thank uh, and I'm trying to give you a five-star review. This fucking app will oh, nice. let me, but I plan to uh, plan on catching up eventually. Hope to hear your recent voices soon. Thank you very much. I'll search this. Really appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks, Anon. I'm going to check our... Uh... You said like a white dad. Thanks, Anon. <laughs> you are a white dad. Well, I, am, I was about to say I am a white dad. So, um, Let's see. Hold on. I'm checking out uh, most recent. Ah, he re- No, never mind. He didn't, he didn't leave this one. At least not on iTunes. How dare they? The... the, the um... <laughs> The, the the most recent review is uh, from August, and it is a five star review. But it start the very first sentence of the re- review is not terrible. <laughs> Perfect. That's what we're going for. Yeah, we're, that's exactly not terrible is good enough for me. Okay, this next one um, is from Sven. Sven I'll says, "Oh, you got huh? it? okay." Uh, yeah, I'll take. It. I'll give you the next one. Sven says, "Hi." Okay. Three steps to one's most enjoyable classic gaming experience. Number one, stumble upon classicgamingpodcast.com. Hell yeah, I like where this is going. We are, yeah. Number two, it's getting even better. Download every single episode of the podcast. Still going pretty Ah. well. Okay. Number three, start listening to every single episode chronologically. Ooh, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's what I did. Or are still going, or are still doing in terms of wow. step three. At the moment, I'm at episode ten. Oh wow, we got a long ways to go. And you're going through the, the toughest parts. Oh man. <laughs> no, I think he's gotten past the the worst parts at this point. It's just amazing that there is actually a podcast dealing with what I enjoy the most about computer gaming, 
which is going back in time and playing games that I once played as a child and enjoying every single bit of nostalgia or sometimes even a bit of melancholy that comes with it. Let me tell you that I absolutely enjoy the way you do your podcast. Thank you very much, man. Hold on. I'm taking a Yeah, thank you very much. It's very enjoyable in the way you describe your own very personal experience with 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 the respective games and don't hesitate to judge games based on that. We definitely don't need another diplomatic washi review site always trying to find something good in crappy games. <laughs> so that's why I think it's perfect the way you do it. Thank you. You come across as very honest and direct and I like how your friendship and personalities shine through when one is listening to your show. That's awesome to hear. So now that the obligatory admiration is out of the way, let me tell you about two issues I have with what you said on the podcast. Uh-oh. I, yeah, as I haven't gotten any further than episode 10 so far, I naturally Uh-oh. don't know if any of that has already been addressed by another listener or by one of you. So if that's the case, just ignore my then unnecessary comment. Here goes. First issue, Deus Ex is not by any means a first person shooter as you called it. I know it's a game played in the first-person perspective, and I know you have a range of weapons, some of them very powerful, at your disposal. Still, in my mind, the term shooter evokes images of the player moving da- uh, mowing down throngs of enemies, like, for example, in Doom or similar games, which are in general significantly weaker than the player and most of the time serve as pure cannon fodder. Another characteristic of a shooter is, again, in my opinion, the fact that you absolutely have to shoot if you want to progress in the game. You have to kill, kill, kill. There's no other way of playing the game and progressing in it. Both of these aspects are not true for Deus Ex. The way this game is meant to be played, and that is absolutely obvious by the way it is designed and the way other characters react to the way you play, is to be stealthy, look for subtle ways to solve problems, and in general, do as little damage as possible. Uh, we'll pause there for a second. Jay, thoughts? Well, I mean, it's interesting. I, uh, have you played? I, mean, I don't know if you've played yeah, Deus Ex. I played Deus Ex, the one that came out in like mid to late 2000s, I want to say. That's interesting. I mean, you and I have kind of gone back and forth on on uh, categorizing certain game types. And I can understand that the criticism. I mean, by no means do I think that every sort of brand we put on something is, is necessarily accurate or, or truly depicts what the game entails. I can understand. I mean, it's, you know. I think I do too. Uh, I think it's a good point where, uh, and I wouldn't say 100, I probably wouldn't lean as far into it as Sven is, but I think he makes a good point where he says, typically uh, for a first person shooter, you have to kill everything. Uh, I think that's a good point. Yeah, I've never thought of that before. Not 100% true because I'm thinking of Goldeneye, where... It is absolutely a first-person shooter, but there are some parts where you can be a little stealthy, where you don't have to shoot every single person in the game. Um, However, I think he's more right uh, than I was. Uh, I I think, yeah, probably first-person shooter is not the best way to describe Deus Ex, because as he says, shooting is an option in Deus Ex, but it's not the... It's not the end game, basically. Yeah. Um, I, I, again, I'm not going to lean as hard into it as he said, but, but I, but I think yes, he is. He's. I, I'm leaning farther in his direction than than what I said originally. So yeah, I, I, I give. I, I think you're right, Sven. Thank you. Uh, 
thank you for your thoughts on that. And yeah, I think that's a good way of, I think that's a generally a good way of delineating first person shooters from, uh, I guess from, from non first person shooters. Um, okay. Second issue. I took a bit of exception to the way you assessed streets of rage. Actually, that is not really true. I suppose if someone is bored when playing it, that's their own opinion and experience, so it cannot be wrong. But you also said that Turtles in Time was the best beat-em-up of all time. And that's where I'd like to enlighten you. I don't know whether you are aware of it, but there is a remake done by some amateur people calling themselves Bomberlink Games of the entire Streets of Rage series, which includes all the content of the three original games and added loads of new stuff, including, among other things, new playable characters, a whole bunch of new stages, new graphics, new music, new moves, etc., etc., etc. So, even though I agree that Turtles in Time is definitely awesome, objectively, there's simply no argument that Streets of Rage remake is far superior to it, and without a doubt, the absolute best beat-em-up ever. Wow. Check it out if you don't believe me. Actually, I just realized the site where you could download it for free is down at the moment. Don't know what that's all about. So at least watch a video of it on YouTube. There's a whole bunch of them. Hope no one is taking any offense with what I wrote. Keep up the good works, Ven. Um, yeah, I, okay, so I can't speak to this. It sound, This sounds like a, uh, like a, uh, like a, what do you call it? Like a fan project, right? That, yeah, 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 that's what I think so. As far as community like, I, I don't know if it is, but the way he described it, it sounds like this is like a like a fan project or like a community mm-hmm. project or something. Um, so I don't know. I can't speak to the Streets of Rage remake um, because I haven't seen it or played it. But I, what I will say is, yes, um, Streets of Rage and Turtles in Time are both beat 'em ups, and. I basically said, and I, I said Streets of Rage is boring, but I don't think I said it that early. So I'm not sure if he's talking about me or you or Blake, or maybe maybe he listened to a recent one and it was me. But regardless, I have said both of those things. That Streets of Rage is boring, essentially because it's a beat 'em up, and but that, but that uh, Turtles in Time is awesome. I think Turtles in Time is awesome, despite it being a beat 'em up. I think like the fact that it's a beat 'em up kind of weighs it down, but everything else about the game is so amazing aside from it just being Ninja Turtles, which counts honestly for quite a lot on its own. The graphics are awesome. The music are all, the music is awesome. The, uh, the, the stage design is, uh, I mean, even though like technically they're all basically the same, like all like the background stuff going on, all that is really cool. The, the bosses are are really neat. Uh, the, the colors are, I really love the colors. Whereas streets of rage, um, the real Streets of Rage, everything is just, it's like, oh, you're in a back alley somewhere, or it's like you're on the streets in, in New York or Detroit or something like that. And everything just kind of lo- doesn't look all that interesting, doesn't look all that cool. You're not, you're not, nin- you're not turtles flying around, you're just people. And uh, so it doesn't have anything to elevate it above just being a beat-em-up, whereas Ninja Turtles has a lot of things helping it out, despite it being a beat-em-up. I think that's, that's why I still think Turtles sure. in Time is so awesome. Also, it has the best cover art ever. <laughs> yeah, it does. Especially for that time. Holy shit. Uh, any, any, anything else, Jay? No, I think you covered it pretty pretty well, to be honest with you. All right, Sven, thank you very, very much for writing it. Yeah, in. thanks for the in-depth, in-depth response. And hopefully, as you progress through it, you'll see uh, an improvement of our... In quality? Yeah, that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Way to put it. I'll look here. You'll like this one, Jay. We have a uh, another one from uh, from Sven. 
Oh, cool. The, uh, the subject line here. You ready for this? Yep. FF Tactics. Ooh, buddy. You know, the, that's, that's the thing that gets me going the most. All right. Sven number two says uh, original uh, schedule. Let me, hold on. Oh. Some of the formatting. Oops. Got messed up. So let me add some things. Oh, no worries. All right, you can go ahead and start. All right. Sven says original schedule. Number one, finish Dishonored 2. Number two, finish Wargroove. Number three, begin playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice, huh. which is that new, I, I know what the game that is. That's that new, uh, what do you call it? Oh, no, actually, I don't know what this is. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be every every single per. Well, I haven't heard a bunch of people talk about it, but every person I have heard about, have heard talk about says, it's like Dark Souls, yeah, yeah, but okay. it's really not it's fair, but it's not fair that everybody's comparing it to Dark Souls is what they say. <laughs> Anyways, uh, he put number three, begin playing Sekiro Shadows Die Twice and listen to the classic gaming podcast 1 through 12. New schedule. Number one, play Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> number two, go to number one. All right, so you must think that must have been on episode 12. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thank you for your insight and enlightening wisdom. Never played this game before. Started playing because of you. Cough, cough. Ran, ROM downloaded for emulator cough and love everything about it. One question for you guys. If you had to decide, really have to, no wussy in-between answer, please. Would okay. you, A, play all the games that have been released up to now, 2019, and never play any newer game? Or B, play, the, play all the games that will be released, excluding re-releases and remastered versions from now on and never any old ones? Um, honestly, I'd, pro I'd probably go with A, probably, honestly. Everything I can't imagine not being able to play certain games. Uh, you know what? I would. I think so. I think I would do the same thing. And it's not just awesome. that I'm a a hardcore. Oh, I only play yeah, the classics, yeah, like right? Snob or something, no. right? Because I, you and I both play do play plenty of new stuff. Yeah, but seventy percent of what I play is old. Yeah, if I say I'm never gonna play any game that's been. 2019 is a good amount of time too. Think how many games are in between There's, the original. Yes, there's that. There's plenty of stuff. But also, yeah. if I say I'm never going to play any game that's come out yet, then I'm placing a bet that the top, like, my top 20 favorite games of all time, that there's going to be better stuff than that coming out. And there may well be stuff better than yeah. some of them. But yeah. I highly doubt there's going to be something that I'm going to end up liking. I, I'm betting that there's going to be something better than FTL, than Europa Universalis, than Crusader oh. Kings, than Dwarf Fortress, than, Bo than Monkey Island 1 and 2, than, than, than TIE Fighter, than X-Wing, than yep. Loom, DRS there. All these games that I absolutely love. I'm saying, you know what? Five or ten years from now, there's going to be stuff that eclipses all of that. And I really don't think that's the case. But I will say technology getting better as we talked about, excuse me, as we talked about earlier, especially regarding VR. Ooh, buddy. The first time an MMO comes out that is a VR, I'm gone. <laughs> You're dead. I'm gone forever. So uh, anyways, so I don't know. I, I'm with you, but at the same time, also like B seems like the more practical answer. But knowing me, I'd probably go with A. It oh. seems like a, a really tough bet. To yeah. say that all this that there's going to be tons of better stuff, and I'm not even going to care about the stuff that came out beforehand. It's true. Uh, Sven goes on to say, "I have an inkling. I already know your answer, but it'd be nice to hear it from you guys. Keep up amazing work. So glad to have stumbled upon your podcast. Perfect entertainment. Thank you, Sven. Yeah, thanks again. 
All right, next one. Ah, SNES Drunk wrote us an email. Oh, buddy. He says, yo, the main yo. game... Okay, uh, his subject line was top five Genesis minigames. He says, the main game I'm hoping makes the cut is Alien Soldier, a game that was only available on the Sega channel in the U.S., and it was only released in cartridge form overseas. It's made by the same team who made Gunstar Heroes. And just take one glance at the footage and you can see how batshit insane the game is. It's got some of the weirdest enemy uh, enemy design you could ever gawk at. That's the main one I'm hoping for. Uh, I will, He goes on with his rest. But I will say real quick, I have actually played a little tiny bit of Alien Soldier. I played the first one or maybe two levels. Because it's in the... Uh, the Sega Genesis Classics pack thing on Steam, you know? Mega Sack Pack? Me- Sega Mega Sack Pack, yeah. Uh, and um, so I have played it on there. And it was, for me, it was very tough to get used to the controls because it has this thing. One, one kind of big part about the game is you have three different weapon, three or four different weapons that you can switch to and from at, uh, at any time. But doing so... Uh, is a little bit tedious and there's too much going on to there's, there's a lot of stuff going on and it makes it very hard to switch web, uh, switch weapons. So like anytime you try to switch weapons, I would end up like getting hit by something. So I got a little bit frustrated and I just didn't get very far, but everything he says. So, so I, I can't really speak to how good the game is, but everything he said uh, is true and that it's the, the, the uh, enemy design is crazy. There's a, everything that the, the, your character looks cool. All the graphics are really cool and everything. So I think that's a solid one. He says the other four, in some order, Thunder Force 4, I haven't played that one, uh, Fantasy Star 4, Streets of Rage 2, and Mutant League Hockey. But I'd imagine those are no-brainers for most people. (laughs) You and I didn't have any of these on our... (laughs) (laughs) Keep up the great work, guys. Alex. Thank you. Thank Thank you, you, Alex. Always good to hear from you. All right, Jay. Oh, and by the way, um, I'm seeing this because I just, as I was copying this to paste it, I saw something in his um, top five list that reminded me of this. As I said last episode, we uh, I, I'm going to be, be playing NBA Live 96 for the podcast, and I was asking if anybody wants to be on my uh, on my basketball team, because you can create characters oh, and yeah, that's like, right. draft them into, your, into whatever team you want on this game. And so... It's gonna be you and me. I nice. think. I think you said you were gonna be. Uh, you wanted to be point guard. I think that sounds right. And I think I said I was gonna tentatively take shooting guard, maybe. Uh, but I'm up for small forward also. And uh, uh, Jeff, our friend Jeff, who writes in a lot, he sent us a tweet. He says, "I know I'm too late to email." Although I'm not sure why he said that because he definitely sent that like more than 24 hours before we <laughs> recorded this. But. Regardless, he said, excuse me, I know I'm too late to email, but please put me on your team. I'm 5'8", 155 pounds. Definitely too small, but maybe you could fudge the numbers and make me an undersized center. <laughs> I don't know about, I don't know, maybe that'll, maybe that'll be awesome, Jeff. Maybe I'll make you a short-ass center. Um, an undersized center like Draymond Green. Great passing and defense, poor shooting. So he basically... Jeffrey, you want to be John Stockton is what you want to be. Small, small white guy with great passing. Uh, Jay, should I, should we have the shortest um, center ever in the history of basketball? 
You're or asking we... the wrong person, my or friend. Sh- I'm sorry. <laughs> I I'm do not it. a basketball person. Jeff, you get to play center. We're gonna have a there five foot eight center. Uh, and sorry, when I said a short ass basketball player, I wasn't making fun of your height. I was making fun of the fact of thinking of a yeah, whatever. Five foot eight person. Me's. I was thinking Thank about. You. I was thinking that'd be funny for a center. Uh, but you, you got it. You got it. So we got uh, we got Jay at point guard. I haven't decided yet if I'm gonna be shooting guard or small forward. And Jeff is. I write this down. Five foot eight, center. <laughs> uh, bad shooting, great passing, and defense. I think we got a winning lineup so far. No comment. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate you, but this is like I can give two shits. Okay, so Jay, this is your uh, your email. This is from Jonathan. This is my what, sir? Email. Oh, who's it from? Jonathan. Jonathan. Jonathan says, hello, fellow classic gaming enthusiasts. If you are still taking applicants for your ragtag band of ball handlers, I think to qualify to be on your team, as I actually did play for league in my younger days. Should I make the cut? My specs are somewhat amusing. I'm a large man who can't jump. But no no one dares make fun of me because I would crush them. Make me 6'8", 380 pounds. My shooting percentage would be in the (laughs) mid-90s. I'm a power power forward who fouls out often but acts like he did nothing wrong. I sit in the corner and drain threes all day, at least when you wait for me to catch up to get there. Think of me like fat Kevin Durant. I'm excited to ball with you. Okay, all right, all right. So hold on, hold on. I love how you role-played it. (laughs) He sits on the bench and fouls out and acts like nothing. Okay, Jonathan, you are a big fellow. Um, let me write this down. Uh, so power forward. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's a, uh, solid position for a six foot eight, 350 pound guy. Uh, Jonathan. Six, eight, three, oh, three eighty. Uh, shooting percentage should be in the mid nineties. Okay. So six shooter, um, power forward. I accidentally wrote eight foot eight. Power forward. Um, bad stamina because he says at least when you wait when you when you wait for me to catch him and get there. Um, any fouls a lot. I don't think there's any stat for that, but I'll just uh, I'll just make a I'll just make a note here. And then pretends nothing happened. All right. Um, oh 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 and, and uh, oh, all right okay I already wrote six shooter yeah because he wrote he drains three <laughs> he's. A- Six foot eight, three hundred and eighty pound power forward who drains threes all day. This is gonna complement our five foot eight center extremely well. I'm very excited about. Uh, we got a full lineup now. One, two, three. Oh no, no, I'm sorry. We only have four. Uh, anyway, that's close enough for a full lineup for me. I'm excited about the team we have going. All right, Jay, please, please go on. All right, Jonathan says top fives. There's a bit, uh, there's a bit of a caveat here. Nintendo Switch released a Sega Genesis Classics game a few months ago with 50 Genesis title, titles on it. So for $30, you can relive most of your childhood. However, they left, left some of the most classic Genesis titles like Mortal Kombat, which is strange because they aren't including MK, uh, MK11 on the Switch. So it's not like MK2 is too brutal, but I don't know. 
I also feel like they're a few years late, uh, late to the party. They should have done this before the SNES Mini was released. I mean, I've seen Sega classic ripoffs on store shelf clearance racks and rolled my eyes way before I heard Sega's actually doing this. So I feel like in order to make this thing attractive, they need to lean in hard on games that Nintendo would not allow in their systems. The games that made the Genesis the more mature system. Number five, Barkley, shut up and jam. Number four, Castlevania Bloodlines. Number three, Clay Fighter. Number two, Dinosaurs for Hire. And number one, Mortal Kombat 2. Dinosaurs for Hire? What's Dinosaurs for Hire? Interesting. What the hell? (laughs) This This is a comic book? Okay, so apparently this is a game based on the... Wow, I gotta check out this comic book. This is awesome. You're a like a raptor with a leather jacket and a big ass gun <laughs> that shoots huge ass bullets, just going around doing your thing. He's fighting a robot triceratops on this one level. <laughs> Hell yeah! I'm writing this down. Dinosaurs for hire. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jonathan. As always. Last one. You know you know what it's time for. It's time for Chasing Night Clear. In fact, his subject line says it is that time again. He's Chase says, Hello, gentlemen. Chase the Night Cleaner with a real quick email for you all. I'll leave this here. Okay? It's a link to a uh, Kotaku article. The title is Capcom is releasing a plug-and-play arcade stick that contains 16 classic games. Whoa. How did I miss this? What is this from? Okay, this is just from this morning, so. The hell? Um, he says that's a Capcom plug and play joystick combo. Excuse me. With games on it. Is this the actual yeah, hold on. If this is actually what the thing looks like, <laughs> it is. Dude, you gotta see this. The joystick is a giant joystick. It's just the Capcom logo made into what? a joystick. Like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's, wow it's literally they cut out the capcom logo and put buttons on it and, and joysticks it's i believe it's got two um i think like so like two people can be on it at once uh, yeah that's what it looks like yeah that's what it looks yeah like. <laughs> that's hilarious um okay uh i'll check out the list of games in just a second he says there's a capcom plug and play blah 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 Looks like mini slash classics aren't just for first party anymore. I am going to buy this thing. Uh, all right. So before I get on to the rest of Chase's email, I'll read the list of games that are on this. It says, um, so apparently this is just a joystick that it has everything loaded and yeah. then you just plug it into the TV. He says the full list of games, 1944, or as he says, this article from Kotaku has a full list of games. Uh, 1944, The Loopmaster. Oh, I'm sorry. When I said it has USB, I meant HDMI, but it does have USB for power. All right. The list. 1944, The Loopmaster. I'm not familiar with that. Alien vs. Predator. Which one is this? Hold on. There are so many uh, different Alien and Slash Predator games that I forget what's what. It looks like this is the one maybe from 2010. Okay. Anyway. 
1944 The Loot Master, Alien vs. Predator, Armored Warriors, Capcom Sports Club, Captain Commando, Cyberbots Full Metal Madness, Darkstalkers, The Night Warriors, Eco Fighters, Final Fight, Ghouls and Ghosts, Giga Wing, Mega Man The Power Battle, Pro Gear, Street Fighter 2 Hyper Fighting, Strider, and Super Puzzle Fighter 2 Turbo. What do you uh, think? Gotta be honest. I'm only familiar with like four of these games. Yeah. I believe a lot of the ones, I believe uh, Armored Warriors, Captain Commando, Darkstalkers, and Eco Fighters, I think those are all like just classic uh, arcade beat em ups. So, um, looks like Eco Fighters may be a shmup, actually. Yeah, it is. So, I don't know. I don't have much of an opinion on this right now. It's got Street Fighter. That's good. It's got Strider. That's I know Strider's good. Right? <laughs> Strider's good. Street Fighter's good. That's about all I can say. This is very interesting and a kind of a random set of games. But anyway, there it is. This article says it's going on sale October 25th. Thank you, Chase, for sending that in because I totally missed yeah, that. Yeah, we looked at other ones. Yeah. Anyway, Chase goes on to say, so I guess my question of the day is what mini slash classic console would you like to see? If it already hasn't been made. Should we do this for our top five? Um, yeah, that would be a bad idea. You think there's enough to where we're not just going to have like the same five things in a different That's order? That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Answer it now or do a top five? I'm leaning maybe actually toward answering, just answering it now. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fine. Okay, so uh, never mind on the top five ideas. So, what would what many classic consoles would we like to see that hasn't been done yet? Um, Oof. I think Sega CD would be hilarious. Trying to think For some reason, be... that's the first one. Even out of all the semi-obscure consoles, that's the one that stands out to me the most as being the most entertaining because it had all those those super lame FMV games. Um. N64 is not in the works, right? Correct. Yeah, that would probably be the one for me. But that'd be a solid. Even most of the ones that I want are already already done or in progress. Mm-hmm. So, but I think N64 is probably the last one for me. At yeah, least for now. <laughs> N64 would definitely be good. GameCube would be super cool. I'd be down GameCube as well. Yeah, I'm okay with that. That would probably be if I could pick one like to be the best. I'd probably say let's get a GameCube one. <laughs> um, then funniest I think would be Sega CD. He says, I feel like I have all my bases bases covered now. Sorry again for the short email, and thank you so much for everything that you do. Cheers and write in again soon, Chase the Night Cleaner. Thank you, Chase, as always. Yeah, thank you, Chase. And that is it for emails, Jay. Do we, uh, are we going to do, we got got a current game, we got anything for current gaming subcast in the works? Sure, I could. Continue my one of the two things that I always talk about every time is classic WoW and Gloomhaven. Okay. <laughs> like Gloomhaven um, we just spent a bunch of money on an organizer for it to make it a little bit easier to play. Still really enjoying the game. I've unlocked some new characters. It's crazy. Like it's like a ceremony now when we unlock new content. Very fun game. <laughs> really enjoying it. We're pretty far into it, but I just got a new character. I'm not gonna. I don't, I don't for anybody who's gonna play it. I'm just gonna say I'm playing a. Um, Paladin-like class. I won't say any specific details, but I'm okay. very much enjoying it. It's one of the 
no spoilers. We're trying not to spoil anything, but it's a Paladin light class. Very much enjoying it. Great game. Anybody who's into tabletops, definitely take a look into it. Gloomhaven, Amazon, just super fun. Nice. Yep. I haven't played anything new recently, but I will say just one, um, which I played a, a few months ago, and I don't think I ever talked about it, which was uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. I finally <laughs> played for PS4 because I had heard nothing but amazing things about it. Best game ever made. One of the best game. One of my favorite games of all time. Everybody said basically had some version of that. And I didn't really like it. Well, okay, I didn't dislike it. I didn't think it was nearly as good as uh, everybody else seems to. <laughs> and I got I got bored of it about four or five hours in. I kind of kept... I was like, all right, this is all right. This is pretty neat. I like, I like this concept. It's you fighting. It's like you in the future in the forest fighting uh, robot dinosaurs with a bow and arrow, basically. <laughs> and... Uh, Robo dinosaurs are awesome. The stealth components were, were, were all right. The combat was okay. And then I was like, okay, let's see what this does. And then after four or five hours, it didn't really go anywhere. It just kind of kept doing the same thing. And I didn't, it just didn't do anything mind blowing to me. I didn't I kind of, I was like, I mean, the game uh, visually, the game looks beautiful. Uh, and again, robot dinosaurs, they're super cool. But gameplay wise, I just wasn't really getting much out of it. So I don't know. What I'm missing that everybody else likes so much, but I just didn't completely fall for it. I think everybody else Unfortunate. Did. Yeah, but anyway, there's that's what I guess I'll have for current gaming subcast this time. Um, as a reminder to everyone, our game of the quarter is Diablo. We will be discussing that sometime in June. Grab it from GOG. Diab- this, is, this is Diablo 1. Um, it is available on GOG. Get it, download it, play it. We're not going to do any community thing like we had hoped to be able to do because uh, we couldn't get the multiplayer working right. So just play it on your own. If you want to send in your thoughts, do so by whatever date we say we're going to talk about it in June. And we'll all have a nice little cute discussion. I like it. Is that it? I think that's it. We're dead on two hours. That's like exactly right. All right, so uh, leave us amazing reviews on iTunes, please. Tell all your friends to listen to us. Send us email, mail at classicgamingpodcast.com. You can email us about uh, your top five if you want, games that had the most uh, unrealized or unutilized potential. Oh, sorry. That's <laughs> cool. And My sister's uh, dog's here. <laughs> aside from that, I think that pretty much does it. Or you can just email us about whatever you want to. Follow us at Class Games Cast. You can follow me at King Octavius. Jay, you have anything else left to uh, to, to to yell at our listeners? I'll let uh, Jack finish the thought here. Hey, Jack. He's too distracted. Never mind. Okay, too bad. I, w- I really wanted to hear what Jack had to say. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. We will be back in two weeks. Peace.